man, thank you so much for coming and being here this morning. Um, just to kind of give another shameless plug for small groups, we've had some great discussions. I've been to all three of them, and uh, we've had some great discussions. Um, the last one was quite challenging, and so, um, so that was fun. And um, so it's actually, it's actually a small group that we're doing on the Holy Spirit by Francis Chan. And so if you haven't come and be a part of it yet, I encourage you to check it out. It's a lot of fun. Again, tonight, 5.30, we're having pizza. Thursday at 6, 6.30, they're having hors d'oeuvres and snacks. They're having snacks. And then Friday at 7, they're having, we don't know. We don't know. So prunes and stuff. They're having prunes and <laughs> uh, an age joke. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so th- again, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me real quick to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be reading from verses 11 through 17 this morning. And we are kind of continuing on our series entitled, You're Invited. Can you look to your neighbor and say, you're invited? All right, look to your other neighbor and say, that's right, you're invited. Now look to your other neighbor and say, that's right, you're invited. That's right, you're invited. So we started this new series called You're Invited, where we've been talking through just some different, some difficult uh, questions that we have in our faith, and we made some cards. We challenged people to invite some people to church. We've been just been talking about sharing our faith. And so um, today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about doubt. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced any doubt in your life, but um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it. Um, Doubt comes from a Latin word that means to hesitate or to waver. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we come to church or sometimes even in life we ask ourselves, well, what if I doubt? What if I don't have all the answers? What if I, I just don't know? Like, what if there, like, if there's doubt in me? In fact, I would say that even sometimes people... Like, maybe they might even leave church because maybe they, they, they might doubt. Like, maybe like they, they might, it might not even be questions. It might not even be a question of if God is good, but it might be, uh, like, can I, can I ask questions in church? Is church a safe spot to ask questions? And sometimes I think people come to church, and maybe they might feel like it might not be a safe spot to have some doubts. And so... I wanted to talk a little bit today about doubt. Can you look at your neighbor and say doubt? Now say it in your best British accent, doubt. Doubt. Or is that British? Doubt? 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 Okay, doubt. So if you have your your Bibles again, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 11, it says, and then just to kind of give you a little bit of context here, Jesus had uh, died, he had been crucified, he had been resurrected, and he had shown himself to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. And we're, so it's kind of like right after Easter, just like we're kind of right after Easter here. So good, good passage. So it says, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised a plan, and they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night, And stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been been widely circulated 
among the Jews to this very day. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Look at it again. And then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, some, resi- some hesitated, and some wavered. God, I just pray again that you just open up our eyes to what you have for us this morning. Oh, man, I pray that you will uh, use your word to open up our hearts and that you will do a powerful work in us, Father. And I just pray that, again, maybe there are people here this morning that are dealing with doubt. I pray that you will uh, just minister to them and that you'll speak to them and that you will uh, just, just transform them from the inside out in your holy name. You know, it's kind of interesting because when you, when you look at the text and you look at the Bible, Jesus actually showed himself to the disciples many times after his resurrection. Um, he showed himself to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. He showed himself to Peter. He showed himself to the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. Uh, he showed himself to the disciples without Thomas. He showed himself to the disciples with Thomas. In 1 Corinthians, it says that he appeared to about 500 of them on uh, different occasions, it also says that he appeared to James. And so, man, it seems like over and over and over again, when you look at scripture, it looks like even after his death, Jesus appeared to people and he showed them that he was, um, he was alive. And it's interesting to see that even though some of the disciples had seen Jesus himself, they doubted and they hesitated, and they wavered. Even though they had seen him crucified and killed, even though they had seen him put to death, even though they saw the thorn in, or the, the spear in his side, and the, the, even though they'd seen all these things, um, even though they saw the stone rolled away, um, some of them uh, doubted, and they hesitated, and they wavered. Um, they even saw the, they saw the resurrected Jesus, and they doubted. Um, and, and to be honest, sometimes when I read this passage of Scripture, it gives me a little bit of encouragement because I think, man, like if, if, if they saw the resurrected Jesus and doubted, um, <laughs> like I, I got to be honest, like sometimes there are moments when I feel the tangible presence of the Lord. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, there are moments where it feels like the presence of the Lord is thick, and it feels like, you know, the, the pastor says just the right thing, the worship team plays just the right chord, um, your, 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 maybe your, your friend says just the right thing at just the right time, just what you needed to hear. Have you ever had a moment like that where someone has spoken, like, almost prophetically into your life? And it's like, oh, my goodness, how did you know that this was, I was, I was going through an issue in my life one time where I was really struggling with something. And one of my friends called me and he gave me a passage of scripture. It was exactly what I needed to hear at exactly, at, at exactly the right time. And I just knew that God had spoken to me. And it was awesome. Like I was like doing cartwheels and running outside and giving people high five. Like it was awesome. I felt the tangible presence of the Lord. But but there are other times in my life where 
I got to be honest, sometimes I've, I've, asked, I've asked God, like, God, where are you? Like, where are you in this situation? Like, I don't entirely, like, I know that you showed yourself to me not long ago, but here I am now, and it seems like I just don't even know what's going on. Like, like at one time, I really felt your presence, and I really felt like you were leading me and guiding me and directing me, and now I feel like I'm in the wilderness, and there's no manna out here, and there's no fire that's leading me. There's no cloud. Like, I feel like I'm in the wilderness, and I, I just really kind of wonder where you're at. And I think we maybe all go through seasons of doubt where we kind of wonder, God, where are you? You kind of you kind of sitting there, and you're looking for questions, and you, you, you have questions, and you, you just don't seem to have answers. And there's situations where maybe God doesn't seem so fair and you kind of wonder does God really love me does God see me it seems like good things are happening to me but bad things are happening to me and quite honestly it seems like bad things are happening to me a lot more than good things are happening to me uh why did uh my grandfather die of cancer why did my sister lose her baby before it was born like why I think we have a lot of questions with the problems in this world and if, if, if God has all the answers, then why doesn't he do more about it? Doubts sometimes. And um, to be honest, at times, I think I can empathize with Thomas. At times, I think I can empathize with him. Um, it's interesting because if you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20, verses 24 through 25, it says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with his disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. It's interesting because when you look at the original Greek, it's like, it was, it's like a repetitive. So it's like they were telling him like, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. It's like almost like a kid in your back seat. We've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Again, at times, at times in my life, I, if, I, if I'm completely honest with myself, I feel like I have questions and, and I, I, I need some answers. And I look at Thomas and I feel like he maybe had questions too. In some ways, he was maybe a realist. He just wanted to know. He had been through some stuff. He had been through some disappointments. He had been following Jesus, who he thought was going to overthrow the Roman world, and Jesus didn't do what he thought he was going to do. He thought Jesus was going to. He thought he was going to sit at. Hey, like the, our disciples were arguing, who was going to sit over his left side? Uh, who was going to sit on his left side and his right side? Like, like he had expectations of things that he thought Jesus was going to do, and now he was maybe disappointed and. Um, he'd been through some stuff and through some disappointments, and he had some real questions about Jesus, and he doubted. Um, and sometimes, I, again, I, 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 can, I can understand uh, Thomas's perspective, but to be honest, sometimes I think that, that Thomas gets a bad rap. In fact, if you go to John chapter 11, verses 14 through 16, it says, uh, this is when Lazarus had died. He said, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, uh, and for your sake I am glad that I am not there. So 
that you may believe, but let us go to him. And then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. And so, I, I, again, I, when I look at him, I, I see that he, like, like, we see him as someone who doubted, but on the flip side, we, he was someone that, that, that doubted, but on the flip side, he was someone that was willing to, to die for Jesus. He was someone that had, um, who was not, it, like, he, it seemed like he had courage. And, and in fact, it's kind of interesting. There's also a passage in John chapter 14 that where Thomas speaks as well, where Jesus is talking and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and um, uh, prepare a way for you. And in my father's house, there are many rooms and I'm going to go there and prepare a room for you. And, 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 and Thomas speaks and he says, like, like, where are you? You know, well, like, we don't really know where you're going. If you just tell us where you're going, like, essentially, like, give me some details. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Where, like, like, God is maybe kind of leading you somewhere, but you're not entirely sure where he's leading you? And you just want some details along the way? Like, God, I, I, I know that you want me to be a rich uh, philanthropist who has much power and influence in the Down River area. Like, I know that's what you want me to do, but I just need you to show me the way. Like, okay, sometimes it's our own dreams. But, but, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, sometimes it's like, man, like, God, I just wish you would give me some more details. And so the question I think that we should ask of ourselves, am I talking to anyone today? Anyone today? Is anyone here? Ever dealing with doubt, you can raise your hand. Anyone or all of you, do all of you have the PhD in faith this morning where you have arrived this morning and you never have any doubt and you just follow the Lord with complete and utter reckless abandonment? Or are there some people here that maybe have some doubts? A couple people. So what should I do if I struggle with my doubts? And is church a safe spot to have doubts? Now, sometimes I think that in some places, um, it's not safe to ask questions. But my, my, really, my, my heart desire is that um, here at Cayley Christian, um, people can come and ask questions and people can come and they can find a place to belong, maybe even before they believe. Like we want to provide a spot. In fact, even in scripture it says it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick, right? So what should I do if I'm struggling with doubt? Like what should I do if I don't, if I don't have my PhD in faith? What should I do if I'm not entirely sure God's plan for my life? What should I do if I just want to, uh, maybe I'm struggling a little bit with my faith. What should I do? It's interesting, if you look at John chapter 20, it says this. John chapter 20, verse 26, it says, so Jesus had died, he had been buried, he had been resurrected, and it says that a week later, his disciples were in the house again. Can you look to your neighbor and say, in the house? Amen. Now look to your neighbor and say, in the house. A week later, his disciples were in the house. And again, in the house again, and Thomas 
was with them. Now, if you read that real quick, I don't know if you'll necessarily see the significance of, of the verse. It says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. He was still with them. Have you ever thought about that? Like, he was still with them. Uh, his, his, first of all, his, his, his doubts did not disqualify him from being a disciple. He was still with them. You know, if you have questions about your faith, you're in the right place. Have you ever thought about that? Like, you're in the right place. Um, he, he was still with them. Well, what should I do if I'm struggling? Like, like, he was still with them. He was still with the disciples. He was still eating with them. He was still talking with the disciples. He was still hanging with the disciples. He was still surrounding himself with people that believed in Jesus and his resurrection. You know, when I read this verse, it, what it tells me is that if you're struggling with your faith, a question to ask yourself is, who are you surrounding yourself with? Have you ever thought about that before? Often I see, often, often, often as a pastor I see that if, if people are struggling with their faith, often what they do is they isolate themselves. Often what they do is they surround themselves with the wrong type of people. If you're struggling with your faith this morning, if you're in a season of doubt this morning, who are you surrounding yourselves with? I would say that it's amazing how other people's faith can strengthen your faith. Have you ever been in a moment like that before where someone is, like like a, a couple weeks ago I was, um, there was a, a a young lady that came over, I say young lady, maybe she was a little older. A young, oh, I shouldn't say old lady. She was, she was, a, she was a middle-aged lady that was working, who cares her age, okay? A lady who was working uh, with me at the bank. And um, I started talking with her, and she started sharing with me, um, I, I, you know, I was like talking with her, and she was saying, yeah, she said, um, she said, actually, I, I just um, recovered from COVID. I'm like, oh my goodness. She's like, yeah, she's like, but praise the Lord, um, the Lord used it to, um, to encourage the hospital staff. I'm like, okay, like that's kind of wild. And she started telling me, sharing the story about how like God had used her in this crazy way to pray for the people that were helping her and to minister to the people that were helping her. And she was just excited about having COVID and ministering to people in the hospital. I'm like, you're insane, but that's awesome. And I'm encouraged by this. And then we started talking some more, and she started telling me that, um, I was like, where do you go to church? And she's like, you know, actually, I, I just recently started going to this new church. She's like, it's, um, um, she's like, she, she's like about, a, she's about a year ago, and I got connected over there, and she said, and the pastor said that I was really friendly, and I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's cool. And she's like, so, so uh, the, 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 the church has a, a prison ministry, and so she said, so I, um, the, the, the person that was supposed to be speaking wasn't able to speak, and so they asked me to go and speak uh, at the prison. It's like an all-ladies prison. And so she's like, I was kind of nervous, and I got something together. And I went, and she said, um, as she was there and she was talking to um, the ladies, she said it was probably like uh, two or 300 ladies that were in, in the prison, and she was talking to them. She said she just started, she couldn't hold it together. Like, she just started crying because she started thinking about all the hurt that they were going through and all the sorrow that they were going through. And so she started breaking down as she's talking to them, and she's barely able to finish. And, and once she was finished, um, 
the one of the, the the people the prison came up to her and they're like yeah you know this isn't for everyone and she's like no you don't understand this is for me she's like i i need to come back i have to come back i have a heart for these people like they need to know the love of jesus and they need to know and so i'm hearing the story and, and i'm i'm at, i'm i'm I'm, yeah. I'm at work and you know you think at work it's like okay you know you're taking people's deposits giving people money talking to people about their loans, like blah, 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 blah. It's just like, a, it's just like we have a, a routine that we follow with every customer. Hello, customer. Welcome to such and such bank. We're so happy that you're here. You know, I know that you're here because uh, you want to open up a checking account. Let me ask you some questions to better understand your needs. With that being said, my name is Evan. I've been at the bank. You, so you kind of go through the same routine every day. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And so, 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 so and you talk to people and you're excited and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, 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 so she comes and she's talking to me about, like, like, the word. And she's talking to me about, like, going into prison and ministering to people. And she's talking about having COVID. And, like, oh, my goodness, I, I had COVID. But it was an amazing blessing. And so I'm sitting there at work being strengthened in my faith as someone else is sharing their faith with me. And so if, I, I say that to say, like, if you're struggling with doubt, if you're struggling in your faith, if you're like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. Where I'm, Thomas was still with them. He was with the disciples a week later, but he was still surrounding himself with the other disciples. And so maybe a question you can ask yourself is, are you isolating yourself? Are, are you going far away so that no one knows that you're struggling? Because I think the enemy likes to separate us like, he likes to separate us. He likes to isolate us. He likes to keep us in the dark. He likes to have us shut the door. Are you isolating yourself? But also, who are you surrounding yourself with? In fact, in Scripture, it says that iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. And so, who are you surrounding yourself with? I can imagine him talking to the disciples and, and they're like, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. Dude, can you believe it that we've seen the Lord? Who are you surrounding yourself with? But, but, but look a little closer at the, at the verse, okay? A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Oh, yeah. And Thomas with them. You guys say it with me? A week later, his disciples, you guys say it with me? A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. One more time. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Have you thought about that? Like, uh, it was a week later. In fact, some translations might say it was eight days later. So maybe it was even longer than a week. I was thinking about this. If you're, if you're dealing with doubts, don't give up. Don't give up. Man, life is filled with lots of hills Lots and lots of valleys, man. And listen, if, if, if you're not used to running hills, like maybe you're someone that likes to run, but you run like in downriver where everything's like super duper, uber duper flat. 
or you're used to running downhill all the time, and, and it, like, it's difficult. But listen, life is filled with hills and valleys. And uh, I remember my wife and I went up to Baldwin, Michigan, and I thought it'd be a good idea to do some running up in Baldwin. And I'm like, am I insane? Like, what's happening? I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm running, and then I'm running up this, this steep hill, and I, I'm like, oh, I, I think I ran three miles. It felt like 20 miles. I'm running. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's happening? Like, life is filled with hills and valleys. It's going to be great one minute. It's going to be crazy the next minute. Listen, don't give up when you hit a hill. I remember when I ran the, the Detroit Free Press Marathon, um, I ran over the Ambassador Bridge, which was, I think they said it's like a half a mile incline. It was insane. I felt like giving up. But Thomas was with them a week afterwards. He was still eating with them. He was still fellowshipping with them. He was still doing everything. Don't if you're in a season of doubt. Listen, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, listen, the valley is temporary. Even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Don't give up. Keep on pushing forward. Keep on being persistent. Keep on moving forward. God has not forgotten about you. What if, what if I do? I like, like, continue to move forward. Continue to push forward. Continue to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What do I do if I struggle with doubt? Surround yourself with the right people. Don't isolate yourself. Be faithful. And if you're to come after Jesus, you're to pick up your cross and you're to follow him every day. Be faithful. Don't stay uh, in your doubt. Keep, keep on being faithful. Pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus. And, and something that might almost sound too elementary is, man, if you're dealing with doubt, ask God to reveal himself to you. You know, I think about, I think sometimes we think that God is too distant, he's too far off, he's too, but have, do you realize, like, God actually revealed himself to Thomas. Have you thought about also, there, 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 there's a passage of scripture that's found in Mark chapter 9, where it says that, um, Jesus was up on the mountain and there was the transfiguration, transfiguration and there was Moses and Elijah and he came down. When he came down from the mountain, it says that uh, the crowds were there and the, 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 the teachers of the law were there. He came down from the mountain, there was a bunch of people. And uh, when, he came, when he came down, the crowds came and they surrounded him and a man came forward and the man had a son that was possessed by an evil spirit and he was mute and he was foaming at the mouth, he was gnashing his teeth, he was rigid, he was like, it was... And he, it's, it says in Scripture, too, that he, like, the spirit would, he, he, the, would throw the boy into the fire and it would throw the boy into the water to try to kill him. And so the father comes up to him and he's like, hey, listen, I need you to uh, take pity on my son if you can. And Jesus says to him, everything is possible with God. Everything is possible for those who believe. I can imagine this this man had probably sought all sorts of help for his son. His son who had been foaming at the mouth, his son who was mute, 
son that was essentially demon-possessed, his son that uh, was trying to kill himself in the water and the fires, looking for everything. And I can imagine his, like, he, here's Jesus, the miracle worker, and he, you know, there, there's all these excuses. Hey, he's foaming at the mouth. Like, this is, like, this, these, are, these are all the things that are happening. And sometimes I think we, we come to God with all of our issues that are happening. It's like, hey, listen, uh, my finances are a mess. My relationship's a mess. My home's a mess. My, my life's a mess. I just, I like, like, yeah, God, if you can just take this. And sometimes I think it was just like, we're, 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 like we're, we're kind of bringing it to Jesus in our doubt. Like we're bringing it to Jesus, but we're kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Like I, I, I think maybe you can do something, but I don't really know. I have this habit in the back of my house that is foaming at the mouth and eating at me and trying to destroy me, and not many people know about it. And I open up the closet, and there, there it is, and then I close the closet again. But like I don't really know if I, maybe you can help me with this, and maybe you can't. He says, everything is possible for the one who believes. And it said that the boy's father immediately exclaimed. He immediately uh, shouted. He said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. We're dealing with doubts. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you isolating yourself? If you're dealing with hardship and pain, what, what, like, what, like, how are you responding? Are you being faithful? Are, 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 you, are, you, are, you, are you coming at it again and again and again? And, 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 and are you being faithful? And maybe, just maybe, if you ask God to reveal himself to you in a tangible way, He might just answer your prayer. If you have doubts this morning, I want to encourage you to come to Jesus. Faith is a journey, has lots of hills, has lots of valleys. Valleys. It's not like running here and down river, like running in the Alps or something crazy. If you have doubts, you can come to Jesus. If you have questions, you can bring them to Jesus. If you have Secret addictions, you can bring them to Jesus. If you have church hurts, you can bring them to Jesus. And I would say that your doubts, if handled properly, can be a catalyst to draw you closer to God. That faith is not um, a destination, but it is a journey. There's never going to be a time in your life where you can say, listen, I have graduated I have now officially become the official Christian of the Christian church. I have now officially become the man, the creme de la creme, the Jedi master. I have now officially become the, the, the Taylor Christian mascot. I have now officially become the bishop of the archdiocese of the Seventh-day Adventists of the... I don't even know. I've, I, there's never going to be a moment in your life where you could say <coughs> that you have arrived. Your life is a journey through strong faith. You have to work through your doubts. You have to work through your doubts. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Worship team comes back up.
maybe you are here this morning and you have been, you've been struggling with doubts. And I will tell you, there are a million different reasons to have doubts. I have, I have doubts every Sunday morning when I wake up. Every Sunday morning, and sometimes even right after church on Sunday, because I'm like, wow, that was terrible, or wow, that was great. Um, but, but, but every Sunday morning, in fact, every Sunday morning when I come up here and I worship, um, right when it gets close to me having to preach, I'm like, oh, Lord, please, I have no idea what I'm doing. Just use me as an instrument. Use whatever I use, and please, Lord, um, there are moments in my life where I've gone through difficult patches uh, where um, I don't know what the next step is in front of me. Uh, there's been times in my life where I've lost my job. I've been homeless. Luckily, my mother-in-law had a home. There's been times in my life where uh, all I had was a minivan and the stuff that I could fit in it. There's been times in my life where I've broken down and uh, I had to leave all my possessions in my car as I walked in a snowstorm in Missouri, wondering what was in front of me, um, wondering, man, it, feel, it feels like I'm following God's design, like I feel like I'm following God's plans, but things just aren't going my way, right? So maybe you're here this morning and you are in a season doubt. And um, I would love to pray for you. And I'd love to encourage you. Because one of the things that I found out is that when, when you go through doubt, when you go through discouragement, when you go through hurt, when you go through pain, the Lord almost can always use it to encourage someone else. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, man, I, uh, I, I have been going through some difficult things, and I could just use some, someone to pray for me. Uh, I, I want to let you know that I'm here for you. You can come up. I'll pray for you. I'll give you some encouragement. Um, don't, don't give up. Be faithful. Don't isolate yourself. And ask the Lord to reveal himself to you in a tangible way. God, we thank you for your presence that's here this morning. Just pray that you'll strengthen us with your mighty right hand. Pray that you'll uh, minister to us this morning. God, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. God, um, I know doubt is something that we all deal with. And uh, I pray that you will help us in our unbelief and use it as a catalyst to strengthen our faith. In your holy name.